my personal opinion, and we're in the midst of a shift right now. Currently, I would still say it's a seller's market. I do think that there's still a pent-up demand for people that want to acquire, want to own, want to buy, want to merge up. But I do believe what we refer to it as the, jokingly refer to it as the silver tsunami. When is it coming? When's it going to occur? I, I still don't believe it's here yet. I still don't believe that boomers have made a decision to exit, right? Or, and, and the ones that don't have a plan, they're almost holding on rather than executing on a plan. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. I'm David Leary. I'm Curtis Cochran. And I'm Shannon Hay. Hey, thanks, guys. So we are here. This is a third or fourth interview we've done today. We are at the Accounting, Accounting and, Finance and Finance Show, show LA, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Um, I went through the uh, all the speakers and panelists. A couple caught my eye, and it, both of you gentlemen are, have to do with selling your firm. You each did a talk regarding selling your firm. And then this morning it hit me, Blake has sold a firm. So like, this would be a great podcast. Yeah. I, I and I knew nothing going into it. I probably should have talked to one of you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, but maybe I'll I'll, I'll think. Oh, I, I was smart and I did the right thing. Or maybe I'll learn. You know that I could have done better. So, Blake, uh, were you twelve when you sold your account? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. That's right? impressive. That's uh, impressive. Well, I'm sorry. I'm 35, and it was in 2015. Okay. So that, yeah. wow, so recent. Yeah, it was very. It was it was quick. Um, yeah, and Blake retired. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, went, went I didn't make enough money to keep. To, to do that, but uh, retired to the world of podcasts. That's right. Yeah, yeah it's this is my uh, my gift to the world, Excellent. shall we say? Right, my legacy. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, David, like, you, you want to do introductions? Uh, Shannon, you want oh, to start yeah. with you? Sure. Wonderful. Um, so, I'm Shannon Hay. I work for Live Oak Bank. We are actually the nation's largest SBA lender um, by volume. Um, all I do all day, every day is finance the acquisition of accounting and tax practices, um, bookkeeping, payroll, enrolled agents, CPAs, um, working with a lot of centers of influence, the brokerage world, basically. Um, and I, can, I don't, I don't want to like plug names, but there's a, there's a large network of brokers that specialize in selling, helping sell accounting firms. And that's really my source of primary business. But then, obviously, we come to trade shows and set up booth and try to find uh, acquisitions that we can get in the middle of. So I want to buy a firm. Yes. I come to you and I say, hey, help me finance this deal so that I, because I don't have the capital myself to correct. just buy them out outright. That's correct. So I get the loan. Yep. And you underwrite that whole thing. That's correct. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Curtis? Uh, my name is Curtis Cochran. I own Cochran Consulting and um, mergers and acquisitions as well. I started uh, back when I was eight, to be honest with you. <laughs> back when I was eight, um, I worked in the oil field with my dad uh, back in Wyoming. And I was always curious as to what made businesses su successful. Uh, is it a mathematical formula? majored in math when I was a kid, you know, college. And, and uh, through this process, on the back of my card, you have that in front of you. Is a, uh, it's called the four E's. Whether you're entering a first-time buyer or whether or not you eventually want to exit your business, we have a system, four E's, entering, enhancing, evaluating, and exiting your business. And for the past 30 years, I've been doing it and loved every minute of it. Yeah. Got it. So um, I want to sell my firm. I could come to you and you could help me like figure out, like find a buyer or are you not? The, the very first thing that we do is we would uh, do an evaluation. We want to find out what it's worth. We, uh, we do everything. 
um, look at the numbers. We look at your people, how many people you have. Is there a correlation there? I mean, we do the whole ball of wax. I kind of call myself a primary business consultant, but actually I took it from the physicians, you know, uh, doing a physical. I do a physical from front door to the back door of the whole business. So that way we know exactly how much your business is really going to come to the market. How soon should I be having that discussion? Should I be having that five years before I plan to to, uh, sell my firm? Should I be having it six months before I plan to sell my firm? That's a great question. If you open your business today, you have an exit strategy today. You don't, you don't wait, wait at all. You do it right now. You want to find out when you want a buyer to come in. When you're tired, you don't want to wait until the last minute and say, okay, uh, I want to sell my business. Because there's so many moving parts, there's so many variables in selling your business, as you know and as you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to be aware of all those things. I've always heard it uh, stated, begin with the ending in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. So <clears throat> let's, let's pretend that I am going to start my own firm again. I mean, I do have that entrepreneurial bug in me, right? So I, I fantasize about it every now and then because I feel like I've done it once. I could do it again, do it the right way and yeah. get, get do more. Do it better. Do yeah. it better yeah. every time, right? Of course. So um, like, do you have like a top, like, like one thing or a, a few things like that, that, that I can do to make sure that I do get the most out of my firm when I sell, that I do find that buyer and get the top valuation? Like When you sell or when you start? Well, I, that, that's, that's a bit, that's, there's a big difference so, between. Gap in between. Well, you're, you, so you're telling me that I need to think like about the exit from the beginning. Correct, correct. Okay, so like, what do I need to be thinking about? You have to be thinking about, first of all, uh, whatever you're going to start with, if you think you need a 500K, triple that. <laughs> you you want 1.5 million. You have to find if you think 500. Nah, you triple that. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to build systems that keep you the owner away from the house. Excuse me, away from the business and into your house. You know your relationships, your family. Yep. You even mentioned that on your talk up there about the family and so forth. And that's the big one. The big one is is to create the systems that will allow buyers to come in and look and say, hey, these, these, this guy has a system. He, we can buy him out, and the system runs itself. That's what you do from the beginning. Got from it. the beginning. So I, I am not um, in my business. Right. Right. It will function without me. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. No, that makes sense. Uh, one thing we get in a discussion around, uh, and we've actually, I think we've talked about on the podcast before, and it's always hot on Twitter, is this uh, concept of like, hey, if you have just desktop clients, like your clients are not in the cloud, like people will pay you less for your firm. Is this true? Is this something that we're just making up and arguing on Twitter? Or do you guys actually see this in numbers of offers? Uh, like your client's less valuable if they're still stuck in the desktop world and they're not migrated to cloud. I, I mean, I think there's so many variables that come into valuing a firm that, it, it, you know, it's always, that's always the number one question everyone always asks. What's the multiple, right? What, what is, you know, what's my firm worth? And, and the, there's a, it's such a complex answer. You know, there's generalities, right? And you could, you could set a general number and say it's, you know, a certain number of times gross revenues, right? But really it comes down to appeal, right? So if you're in nowhere Wyoming, um, your firm's not going to be worth the same as if it was in downtown Los Angeles. If you don't have um, cloud-based accounting, your firm is going to be worth less than a firm that does have cloud-based accounting. If you, if you have a seasoned staff, that's going to make your firm worth more 
Um, if you have systematic approaches, like if you're using you know, modern technology, artificial intelligence or bot keeping or things along those lines, that's going to create more value because it's separating the, 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 the mm-hmm. practice starts to manage itself for, right. through those systematic approaches. Yep. Talking about getting away yes. from the, mm-hmm. you know, getting away from that, getting to the house, um, it, it, that creates a greater value, obviously a greater appeal. Because as a buyer, right, I want as I want I want something to be as smooth as possible for me, so I don't have to implement those things, right? If they're already implemented, they're in place. That creates great value for me. So I hear you saying that it does have an impact, but it's part of an overall assessment, right? That you can't, you couldn't really say. Well, maybe I could say put this to you. It's a tough question to ask. Is uh, let's say you have two firms, all things being equal, but one has modern technology. They've moved into the latest tech, and the other one is still using 20-year-old tech, right? They're still on on-prem desktop systems that don't allow for remote access, that sort of thing. It's like, can you tell me what the penalty is if I didn't move? Well, I can, I can answer this. Uh, that um, No two firms are alike, period. Um, whether tech or no tech, it's about culture. You, you know, it's what you bring to the table. It, it, uh, you might have somebody that's just tech-driven and uh, they're, they're poor culture. But then you have someone that's not and they have an excellent culture. Uh, people want to come and work for their firm. So two, two businesses are never alike. And when it comes to an evaluation... Um, it's an art. It's not a science. And as Shannon mentioned, uh, there's just so many variables. There's moving parts to it uh, that uh, you might have 10 moving parts in one business and only six in another. doesn't make one more valuable than another. It just means that you have more moving parts. It's, it's really fascinating. And that's why I've done this for 30 years, and I'm sure Shannon's been there too. But, you know, there's just uh, no way to, to, to create some kind of a science. I call my, my own business E4 Math Philosophy because it's just a philosophy. It re- you know, there's math in there, but it's a philosophy. So, so let, let's talk about the numbers because I think a lot of firm owners care about the numbers. Care about, like, what is the multiple? Yeah, what is the multiple? What's the multiple, right? Not in this industry. (laughs) (laughs) Not the accountants. So, like, these days, Mm -hmm. what is the range of, you know, I understand that most firms are valued based on, what, multiple of gross revenue. Typically. Typically, right? Which is how we did it for mine. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, let's say I've got a million-dollar firm, yep. just for simplicity. Sure. What is the range of multiples that you're seeing? Like, what's the lowest I might get, and what is the most I might get? It's circumstantial, I would say that, um, you know, the lowest you would get, would what are, what are the variables that's creating that, that, low, that low quality, that low offering, right, that low price? Um, usually it's going to be rural, right? Usually it's going to be where is the, where is the seller at? Um, you know, are they, are they selling because they're ill? Are they retiring? Are they going to be involved in the transition? What's their engagement post post transaction? Yeah. Um, and, and again, I could go on and on and on with all the variables. If I'm going to shoot a number out there, I'm going to say anywhere from 0. 0.8, 0. 0.7, mm-hmm. um, all the way up to 1.3. Right? That's a uh, pretty big spread. It's a broad, yeah. broad spread. Yeah. But like, but for example, nowhere Wyoming again. Well, that that probably is going to be less than a one multiple, right? Where in in you know. San Francisco, for example, you're probably going to get a 1.3, 1.2 multiple, right? Just because the the demand. It's well, if, I, I was going to make the analogy of 
you know, what is your home worth, right? Zillow's going to tell you one thing, right. your realtor's going to tell you another, and, another, and then the appraisal's going to come along, and they're going to say a third thing. But really, what's, what it comes down to at the end of the day is how much is, will, how much is someone willing to pay for it? So right? that's interesting. So it sounds like the market for accounting firm, uh, accounting firms is still very, very local, right? The, well, you know, I want to touch on, on what you're talking about too, Blake, is, you know, you have a gross revenue of a million. Um, two companies gross million. But what's their annual cash flow? That that's a big the difference. profitability yeah, absolutely yeah. Yeah. that's you know, going to drive them one, one business one business might have a cash flow of three hundred k another one a hundred well there's a big difference <laughs> yep. but between what you're doing inside the walls of that business you know through your company and your your culture and all of that stuff so the annual cash flow is huge well and that's going to drive at the end of the day that's going to drive deal structure absolutely right so as a bank. I'm not going to be willing to finance the 100K bottom line because there's not enough left over the day to service the debt that you're going to take on to buy the business right. as well as pay yourself as an owner. If you were buying a firm, I would want to know as a bank that I'm supporting you in an endeavor that's going to um, be beneficial to you, right? I don't want to put you in a situation that's going to be a hardship for you, right? So I want to know at the end of the day, the net income is there to support the debt and then support you personally as an owner. And that is so good because that's why you call us first. Because then you know that what buyers are looking for through the years, you're looking for net income. You're definitely looking for that. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So so who's selling firms? Like, is it people that really, uh, the majority is people that are wanting to retire, get out of the firm, or is it young startups like Blake who grew his firm and sold his firm? Like. I would say the majority of the sellers I see are retirement's the primary reason, right? Um, a lot of times, though, uh, you're also seeing where they're, it's a change of lifestyle, right? So they're wanting to go from um, no longer being the manager or firm owner. Maybe they're wanting to, maybe they've done some consulting in their, in their practice and they only want to focus on consulting now. Or maybe they want to, they really like the audit side of their business and they only want to do audit, so they want to sell everything else that's non-audit. Um, it, it varies greatly, but I would say the majority are baby boomers um, looking to retire, yeah. making their exit strategy. That That's the majority of the sellers. And then who's buying these firms? That's a great question yeah, because I don't know if it's the millennials that yeah. are buying those firms. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just saying. No, I, I wouldn't we, argue We've that. got too much student debt. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And, and that's we're true. trying to buy houses. That's, that's right. right. Absolutely. That's right. That's absolutely true. And um, a lot of it is, you know, someone, another company that's trying to grow their business. That's really who's, yeah. who's buying these uh, businesses. Yeah. Uh, My best transaction is an existing firm growing through acquisition. Absolutely. Right? Because they have the wherewithal to... Um, to uh, offset any attrition risk that could, could happen. There's also a large efficiencies to scale that, that starts to occur, right? Because you're not going to have, generally, you're not going to have two rent payments. You're going to have two software payments. You're going to have these, you know, you're going to minimize. So you're going to take away a certain level of expenses, which increases yes. the bottom line benefit. And so, I, you know, merger, yeah. merger team really, honestly, tends to be the ideal transaction. Absolutely. Um, My yeah, most recent gig in public accounting was at Armanino, which is the fastest growing accounting firm in the country yeah. and it was and, and the way that it, it's growing is a lot through acquisition yeah. right. right like rolling up 50 person firms yep. into the thousand staff firm that it yep. now is or you know it's probably even bigger than it was a few years ago sure right. <laughs> so sure. I left one well, with the and you've seen the same with alliances too like you know the bdo and the rsms in yep. the world they're they're folding those firms in and 
you know, creating efficiencies that wouldn't exist otherwise and bringing benefit to yep. their owners and partners that are involved. And the big benefit that we saw at Armanino is uh, the ability to sell additional services That's right. to a right. captive audience. That's right. right. You, you, right. you bring in a small firm that was only doing tax, yep. not even doing audit, a lot of them, right? Yeah. And now suddenly you've got consulting, technology, outsourced Invest, accounting. Investment advisory. Investment. We had a wealth management yep. division. Yeah. It's yeah. like every, now all, the whole menu is there. there. Right. And well, the clients are like... And I would say that the 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 industry is starting to demand that, right? Yeah. Where you're, you're having more of an Amazon mentality, right? Where it's like, I want to be able to one-stop shop one everything, stop shop, right? Yeah. I don't, right? I don't want to have to go to three different people for three different levels of service. I yeah. want, That's I the QuickBooks Live. So, yeah. <laughs> so <do> you, <laughs> all at once. All at once. That's do, right. Do you guys see the future being uh, more like mid-sized firms and the smaller firms sort of like less small firms given that trend? Or do you think there will still be, like, do you see the mix changing at all? I don't. I don't see it here in America. I, I think that you know, land of the freedom and uh, capital capitalization. It's it, people are starting up uh, businesses left and right still yeah. to this day. Yeah. It's it's a little harder maybe, but yet um, you have some angel investors out there, investment groups that have lots of cash that are willing to put put it back into America. You really do. And, and I'm starting to see a lot of entrepreneur, entrepreneurial-spirited individuals that recognize consolidation as a method to wealth building. So you have an individual that might have a small firm that say that it's only doing $200,000 a year, and they leverage that equity into a, another purchase of another book of business that's doing $200,000 a year, and they're duplicating that process over and over and over again, implementing systems, adding technology, managing staff accordingly and then their what started as a $200,000 practice is now $2 million practice going to a $4 million practice. And if you do it right, that's right. you can finance the whole thing out of the current cash flows. Yes. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the beautiful Leverage thing. Leverage capital. Yeah. Leverage yeah. capital, yep. yep. That's the thing about like if you're if you want to start a business in this country, everyone is focusing on those like 10x, 100x like tech startup exits. Yep. Yeah. And that's a you know one in a hundred kind yes. of thing. Yeah, it's but unicorn isn't that the proper term? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> not a lot of outcomes, and yeah. I'm in the tech world now, mm-hmm. so I'm very aware of like the probabilities of that. As is as is David, right? Yeah. So, but an accounting firm, man, it's almost like you have to try to screw it up. Right. If, if you if you have like a knack for customer service and uh-huh. you know what you're doing above right. a certain baseline, uh-huh. there's so much demand for this. Yes. Uh, right. Agreed. Well, and then you couple that with adding additional services, as you're talking about. Yeah. Suddenly, you bring wealth management into a into a, an accounting firm, or you you know bring an audit or a consulting side of that business. I mean, you're, it's game changer. So, would you say it is a seller's market or a buyer's market these days? If I made you choose, get that. If I had to choose one or the other, yeah, I'd say a buyer's market. Ooh. If I did say one, really, only because. Um, you have some baby boomers ready to, to retire and get, get out of the market. And that means that there will be a, a, a flood of businesses available, which might give you an opportunity for the market to drop Drive a little bit, yeah. for the sellers to actually get in. Um, that's supply just my demand, opinion. Right? Yeah, supply and demand. It's very simple. Um, I would say buyers, but, you know, of course, just like economics, you know, I got other 50% that would disagree with me. <laughs> well, and like you said, it's local, right? Yeah. yeah. It depends on where you are in the country. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're, my personal opinion, we're in the midst of a shift right now. Currently, I would still say it's a seller's market, just to not to, not to yeah, argue absolutely. or disagree. But I, I do think that there's still a pent-up demand for people that want to acquire, want to own, want to buy, want to merge up. But I do believe 
we refer to it as the, jokingly refer to it as the silver tsunami. When is it coming? When's it going to occur? I, I still don't believe it's here yet. I still don't believe that boomers have made a decision to exit, right? Or, and, and the ones that don't have a plan, they're almost holding on rather than executing on a plan. Right. Oh, so, that's so true. Well, and that's, that's going to, that could, that could just delay this for a long time until right. we've run off a cliff, right? right. Because yeah. people aren't selling because they, they, they're holding on thinking I can get more. Yep. But well, th- they're not. They're not. Eventually, they're no. not. And it's just like with a house, right? Eventually, if the market's down, yeah. you can't wait any longer. you got to sell. you got to move, yeah. well, right? I, and yeah. I would say the majority of why, why a lot of them held on was probably post-08, right? So it's like I, maybe they were going to sell in 13, but they lost so much in 08 that they're, you know, they're not in a position where they're ready to go yet. So right. now they're holding on. It's 19, yeah. right? And um, Good point. time to make a decision. And, yeah. and I think those people that are stuck, if you want to call that, right? yeah. they're, they're just kind of stuck. I've talked to younger accountants who think it's cheaper for them to just market at their clients and steal their clients yeah. without yeah. buying the firm. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we actually have talked with a number of uh, you know folks like myself who are millennials who started their own firms. And I said, hey, we, you know, they've never acquired anyone, right? They're not yeah. at that point, but they've, they've gotten big. And I said, well, hey, would you, would you think about acquiring some firms from some like retiring CPAs and just integrating the, that book of business into your practice? And the answer that they give me is, hell no. Yeah. I'd rather just steal the clients. Uh-huh. You know? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> just well, handpick all the, 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 the steal their clients. Just handpick them. Well, and it's, 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 I mean, look at search engine optimization, right? Technology. Yeah. But then you've got on top of that, now let's couple it with Facebook marketing, LinkedIn, Instagram, all the technology bases that are, it's basically, in a sense, free advertising, right? If you just hit them in a place where yeah. they're not being hit. I, I, I'm surprised still at the number of, you know, selling, selling firms that have, you know, weak website presence or even weak web presence to begin with. Like, or there's no, a, web a no web or no web presence. No no there's, there's a stat. I can't remember the number, just, but there's a shocking number of firms. Actually, just a shocking number of businesses in general in this country that don't, have websites. That don't even have a website. And that baby boomers Yelp is right? their website. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's like it would be interesting to see like a demographic survey of that. Like who, what, what the, what the age group is yeah. of those that don't and those that I, do. I feel like we do a lot of like baby boomer bashing, millennial bashing, sure, but sure. I think a lot of this is not as stark. It's, it's as so it good seems. to be Gen X. I don't have to <laughs> <laughs> just fall right in the middle yeah, of all exactly. that. We just ignore you. <laughs> yeah, You're like, right. Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, so what do I do if I kind of have not been thinking about this for 30 years of my career? Right. I'm now at some crossroad where I'm thinking of retiring soon. Maybe my firm. Um, I'm only getting that hundred thousand dollars of revenue. Right. Or, uh, yeah, Curtis, we didn't. Cash I didn't come to you at the beginning. I'm coming to you closer to the end. Yeah. Yeah. What do I do? Like, what's my emergency plan? Is there like a, hey, do these three things and you might be able to turn a corner. Like, uh, that's a. I get that all the time, uh, all the time, and and uh, by then it's uh, it's almost too late because your market shares dropped. I mean, revenue, you, you know, might have might have dropped. But the biggest thing is. Uh, that I talk to all anybody that wants to exit is the psychology of it because they, they've opened up this business. They've been working 30, 40 years. What am I going to do? And, you know, they'll say, yeah, I'm going to retire on the beach. Nah, you, because you've been, you've been growing this thing for 30, 40 years. But then it, when it starts to dip a little bit, you, you have to get out. Um, they just don't know when to get out if they don't have an exit strategy. If they if they haven't talked to me or Shannon or anybody that specializes in this kind of thing, they have to think psychologically to uh, to exit. And and if they haven't spoken with uh, Shannon or like myself or somebody that's in exit planning, they need to immediately. 
Um, and I would, I would, you know, echo that is you have, you know, if you don't have a plan now, seek the advice of a professional. There are a number of wonderful professionals out there that this is all they do all day, every day. Um, and I would encourage you, and, and even on the banking side, right, I, I'm more than happy to have that conversation of what's that look like for you? Um, how do you position yourself to be ideal for acquisition or merger? Um, I, I really think, you know, in, again, echoing the, the growth model, you never want to wait till your revenues are dropping, right? That's the last, that's, it's too late at that point, right? Because then you become un, unattractive, right? Unfinanceable. It's, or even, you know, if, I, if I'm a buyer, what am I buying? I'm buying something that's dying. I mean, it doesn't, it's not going to make any sense to me as a buyer. I want to buy, I want to look at something and see year over year growth at some, it doesn't have to be major growth, right? It's minimal growth, right? It's just some growth. And, and, you know, year over year revenue. You know, buyers look look for um, not what you did yesterday. They, they want to know what they can do tomorrow. That's really the essence of it. It, it. When they look at it, they say, can I take this company from 2 million revenue to 4 million revenue? Is it possible? So if you're dropping in revenue... It, it doesn't There's look no good for you. That, There's yeah. no science. There's, you know, and, and, and laws of physics, body in motion stays in motion, you know, and that's just, it's as simple as that. So they have to seek expert advice, like you mentioned. Right. Yeah. Early, early as possible, it sounds like. Absolutely. It sounds like if, if it's too late, that's a heartbreaking conversation. It, it is. For you. I mean, it's painful. It's a fire cell. And then, you know, what do you do? I mean, you tell them, that, hey. Well, and as a lender, it's impossible to tell a seller that their that their business isn't even a financeable transaction, right? How painful is that? It's like yeah. a bank. I'm not even worthy of being a, a, what I call a bankable trade, right? Um, and they think it's they really think it's the bank's fault, yeah. <laughs> or, or really they they, yeah. they really do. They think that oh, you it's it, no they're picking on me or they just it, don't it, like me exactly. or, or what have you. No, it's not even the case. No, not, not at even all. the case. No. So that's interesting because like there's tons of blog posts you see out there like how to start a bookkeeping practice in five steps, you yeah. know? And, but yeah. nobody ever mentions like start planning your exit strategy or talk to no, no one ever talks about that. Not even I have, I you know, I haven't been doing this for that long, but ten years is a long time for me to go and really hear very little discussion whatsoever in the small business, small firm space about exit strategy. It's like, well, when, you know, it's, it's like when you're 21, when you're 21 or 22, you get out of college and uh, now we're going to talk about uh, going to the grave. You're, you're, you're young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's don't, not going to happen. That. Why, not, I don't yeah. want you to hear that. Yeah. Exit strategy? What are you talking about? Right. It's the same principle. And that's when they should because then they understand all the variables, all the moving parts coming to the exit and what a buyer really is looking for. That's the key is what a buyer is looking for. And I, and I think one thing that we're, you know, we haven't really talked about is, you know, partners, right, or, or yeah. colleagues, right, or who are you? Who are you mentoring to take to be your you know to succession be your succession. planning? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, I read we're really a lot talking about, about the lack of it. There's a yeah, and you know. and and maybe it, maybe some you know a lot of the excuses are well the talent doesn't exist. Well, I think that's more of a you're looking out the window and not in the mirror kind of factor. It's like, are are you judging that or is that a truth? Right. Um, it, it, but again, even if that's not the case, there's still a whole acquisition market out there that's that's biting to to take advantage of, you know, and give you a good, good value for your firm as long as it's in the right position. You know, and, the, and those that are listening to this podcast, you know, Wall Street Journal probably about uh, two or three years ago mentioned that uh, less than 25% of all companies, major players too, have an exit strategy. 
So th- don't don't be alarmed. Beat yourself up. Yeah, yeah, and beat yourself up. Yeah. Because even your major players, they don't they don't think of exits. They're trying to grow the business. They're they're not thinking about buyers and and even partners. They're just yeah. they're just thinking about growing the business. So don't beat yourself up uh, if you don't have an exit strategy. But I would actually seek one, ASAP. That's right. Is there anything else you guys would like to discuss before I wrap things up? Anything I missed? This was great. Uh, uh, you know, again, I just encourage everyone to seek advice, um, seek the help of experts. It, they're out there. We're willing to. We're willing to help. I know Curtis is. I'm, I'm willing to help. Um, you know, I don't know if you're going to give our contact information, but more than happy to take a phone call, take an email, schedule some time, talk about what that looks like. Whether you're a seller or whether you're a buyer, interested on, on both sides of the coin. You know, the education part, uh, Blake, is that's what we're here for. I mean, free consultation. It's not going to cost you a dime to talk to us about these these things, just like this podcast. You know, it's excellent. So, speaking of your contact information, uh, Curtis. What's the best way for people who are interested in your services? And you could remind us again what you, you know, what your specialty is here. Uh, you know, what do you do? How can people reach you if they're interested in talking to you? Well, um, again, I specialize in the four E's, which is it doesn't matter if you're entering or whether you're going to exit. You can call me, uh, email me. The best contact is uh, Cochran, my last name, consulting at yahoo.com. Uh, and you can email me, and then I can uh, give you a call, and, and we can have a free consultation over the phone, wherever you're at. And we'll have that uh, your contact information in the show notes. And how about you, Shannon? So, again, all I do all day, every day is finance the acquisition of accounting firms. So um, if you're on either side of that transaction, I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Best way to reach me is via email, shannon.hay, H-A-Y, at liveoak.bank. And then you can always reach me on my cell at 614-648-9199. But email first, and then we can set up a time to talk. And do you, do you finance acquisitions all over the country? Or is I do, it? all 50 states. All right. Yep. All right. And as always, you can reach me on Twitter. I am at Blake T. Oliver. And how about you, David? And I'm at David Leary. Uh, I forgot my Twitter. Oh, yeah. Well, tell yeah, us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Shannon Hay, L-O-B. Shannon Hay, L-O-B. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to follow you on Twitter. Thanks. Likewise. Uh, Thank you guys both so much. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Shannon. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. I'm thinking about selling my firm. <laughs> you gotta, we got to build one I'm, first. I'm going to build, yeah, yeah. build one. But, but yeah. I know what that first step is to think about selling the firm. That's, there you go. There you go.